Alright, baby, we're back. This is the the Ron Dazed and Confused podcast, the podcast Again. formerly known as Coast to Coast NBA Pod at, at gmail.com. <laughs> what? And, uh, sorry, I got all I got all flustered. Uh, this is the Coast to Coast NBA Pod. We're back with NBA our East Cast. What what did I say? NBA Pod. Okay, this is the Coast to Coast NBA podcast, and we're back with our East and West power rankings in the playoffs. We're going to look at the playoff picture for the East and the West. Theo just picked the uh, Washington Wizards at the ninth seed. It's my pick. I'm going to get two picks back to back. I actually am picking a team now that I had at the 10th seed, just making the play-in game. And Dylan, this will probably surprise you, but... uh, our eighth seed in this draft is going to be the Atlanta Hawks. Whoa, Chalenga, you you cooled off. So for context, last year, Theo, I was super high on the Hawks, and I said that they were going to be the sixth seed in the East, and Trey Young was going to be um, – I was right. He was an all-star. I thought John Collins was going to be an all-star too. I was like way, way, way too too all-in, and well, I got spurned. He, and uh, He ended up doing too much dope. <laughs> yeah he did and so I've, I've cooled off and i've really taken a hard look at this team and you know the the gallinari signing is great i even think the bogdanovich signing is really solid um the rondo and dunn thing is confusing to me they like they went too too far in and and really my, like my main concern about this is like can hunter reddish or herder one of those three be like an actual positive player because that's going to be really important for them to have that that three spots filled by one of those guys and and I just don't know which one it's going to be. And then my second concern is that I think this team is going to have a lot of chemistry issues. Um the plan as it stands is to have Gallinari coming off the bench behind uh John Collins. And I just don't think that he's going to want to do that. <laughs> um, especially when it comes to the end of the game, like who's going to finish? Are you going to have John Collins finishing at the center? And then you've got John Collins and Gallo at your five and your four, and the defense is going to be really bad. Um, and then, you know, having Rondo as the backup point it's guard. Does Clint consent to that too? Does you know, Clint he, consent to that? It's just, yeah, he, they've got he, too many players. off of that team because he wanted to be able to finish games. Like that was part of the problem mm-hmm. with his fit was he wasn't able to finish games for the, for the Rockets and he was becoming more and more obsolete on that team. So I, yeah, I'm worried about the, the team chemistry and like keeping everyone happy because they got a lot of weird mouths to feed. It's not just a lot of mouths. It's like, I don't think the mouths fit. Exactly. This team could be really good, but there's, there's concerns. What do you think, Theo? I, I feel like, um, I had him pretty high just because for me, having Trey Young, uh, Bogdanovich, and Gallinari all on the court at the same, t- same time, it just like the offensive potency of that is so magical. And, and like if I'm the Hawks, I finish games with John Collins at the five because like, like actually there are, there are maybe four centers in the league where that's going to be a problem. And that's it. You know, like, there just aren't very many good centers in the league. And, like, John Collins can actually do an okay job guarding Cat unless unless he starts, like, wants to play down low more than he has been. But, like, I, I like there are very few centers that I wouldn't trust John Collins with. Like, he's not a great defender, but, like, whatever. Who's, who's going to score you points at the center position in today's NBA, you know? And, like, the Cam Reddish has been... Uh, there have been flashes of him being actually like a really potent defender, um, yeah. which is really exciting if you're a Hawks fan. Um, 
But like that kind of gets wasted if he ends up on the bench somehow, you know. But like if, but if if like if finishing lineups are are Trey Young, Cam Reddish, Bogdanovich, Gallinari, and John Collins, like that's like I'm I'm into that. I like that a lot. I don't give a fuck what Clint Capella says because he's Clint Capella. I wouldn't be surprised actually if the Hawks at some point package Capella and um, John Collins for something this season. Um, but mm, that's but interesting. That's, um, yeah. yeah, they they do seem like a sneaky trade destination at this mm-hmm. point. But I I would I could see this team being better in the regular season than they are in the playoffs just because they're so young and they and I don't really know who the veteran is going like Gallo, yes, he's a veteran, but is he going to be that guy who steps up in the playoffs for you? Because he never really was that, even with the Clippers. Um, he's never really been that guy who steps up in the playoffs for you. So I could see them actually losing to the Wizards if this ends up happening the way that we have it losing to the wizards in the playing game just and losing twice in a row to the wizards because they you know that russell westbrook might not have played well in the bubble but he's going to bring a fiery intensity to those playing games it's going to be awesome to watch if he ends up in those certainly like of non-top tier players i think i trust where russell westbrook the most in terms of winning a playoff in a, a playing game you know like it's like, like one if it's just yeah, one just give me one yeah, and mm-hmm. you don't get to look at the team like a ton of times like you do in a series because I feel like that's one of the reasons why Russ is not good because he's not good at facing a team seven times in a row. But because they adjust, they, they adapt to him really well. Um, exactly. Theo, I think you've convinced me about this team about having him higher just because you're right. The offense is going to be so good, and that's like my main argument for having the Wolves as high as I do. So I got to stay consistent with the logic here. <laughs> I think I have them at the eighth seed too. So uh, this is exactly where I would have them. Okay. Theo, you're up next with the seventh seed in the East. Okay. Seventh seed in the East. Wait, Chalanka, did you pick, did you pick twice? Wait, who's picking? Oh, maybe it is my turn to pick again. I think it is your turn. Yeah. Ha <laughs> ha. Awesome. All right. Well, with the seventh seed in the East, I pick, uh, I'm going to have them at 37 wins, which is an under on their 39 and a half. And that is the Indiana Pacers. You know, you can pick um, East or West at this point, right? That's kind of how we've done it. Oh, for real? That's I how we've we were done just... the draft in the past. But like, I guess it makes more sense in, in a podcast setting. In the draft, I was like drafting whichever conference I wanted. Yeah, I think since we're do- since we're doing it live in podcast setting, we should just split it into East and West at this that's, point. I think that makes fair. more sense. That's fair. Um, okay, with 37 wins, I pick the Indiana Pacers. Um, you know, I, I always am too low on Indiana. Like, consistently every year, I, I bet low on them just because I'm not excited by the players and it kills me every year. But this year, I think there's more to be low about than ever. Um, just like the the questions about whether Miles Turner will stay on the team or not, like Oladipo's injury, like can he be the same Oladipo that he was? Probably not. If he's not the same Oladipo, will he have the right mindset for what he currently is? Um, I'm also concerned about their depth at this point. Like if someone gets injured or with COVID stuff, like especially if Miles Turner or Sabonis is out, then they've got to play like Goga Patel. Batadze or Jakar Sampson like I, they just like that's that's really concerning to me um TJ Warren has a foot thing going on and so he's like slated oh to start he does have, he loves feet but yeah he's got a foot fetish going on um he's slated to start the season <laughs> but he but might not foot, make it he might go back to his foot fetish.com he's right. on he's online he's got only fans for feet 
Um, footfetish.com. I'm going to look that up while somebody else is talking. Um, but I, foot, foot things are, foot things are tough and like they, it's hard for them to go away, especially if you're playing on it. Um, so yeah, I've concerns about Indiana. I hate Indiana this year. I had Indiana out of the playoffs looking in. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is that they've been such a good defensive team over the past two years. And that's really what's kept them in the playoff hunt. And, and I, they were even fighting last year for home court, even though there were no home courts. And now we don't know, like there probably aren't going to be fans for the playoffs anyway, but who knows, who knows? Let's get this vaccine. People, everybody get a vaccine by the way. So, uh, but Nate McMillan is the reason why their defense was so, so good these past two years and he's gone. And I think the Hawks actually could benefit from that this year, by the way. Anyway, that's an aside. Uh, I could see their defense slipping a lot, especially with, uh, Oladipo getting the minutes that he's probably going to get uh, his, a lot of his athleticism is gone and he's coming back. I'm not rooting against him. I'm just saying I haven't seen it yet. And I could see this whole team uh, losing a lot defensively and giving up a lot defensively, especially if they end up trading miles Turner, which he's still out there right now um, on the trading block. If anybody wants them, I, I have, I have the pages a little higher just because I I'm, I think Demata Sabonis is such a good player. Oh and, yeah. And to me, to me, he is one of the more exciting players in the league to watch. Oh, totally. Um, just and and I think the thing the thing that is always so surprising about Sabonis is how how well he moves for how big he is. He's a big, beefy body and actually can play the four in today's NBA. Um, he should play the five, but he can play the four. Um, and and I just really, I really like Sabonis. I, I still think Brogdon's a really, really solid player. Um, you know, I just don't know if they have, like Sabonis and Brogdon together are their starting point guard, right? Yeah, sure. Uh, I just don't know if they have enough playmaking in in that sense, because I don't think Oladipo is going to be there for them in that in that way, and um, and turn and uh, T.J. Warren is not going to be there. Yeah, and the and the depth that you brought up too is like so like that to me. Looking at this now, I'm like, oh yeah, their depth is awful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I do like it's yeah, and it, Holiday. I like like a lot of it is like how good will Aaron Holiday be? Will he take a step forward? Mm-hmm. Justin Holiday is kind of a known commodity. I mean, Doug McDermott is a useful like role player, but if you're playing him a lot of minutes, you're giving up a lot on the defensive end. Um, so uh, there's just questions. Uh, they always overperform, so I'm probably wrong here. They're probably going to be higher, but yeah. that's like that. That's that's where I see them. Um, yeah. All right. I Theo- just- I just oh, don't know if that's oh. going to happen without Nate McMillan. I feel like Nate McMillan was the reason why they always overperformed. Certainly, because like their defense has was always really good, and they might take a step back defensively. And I was just going to say, can we also all agree that no one gives a fuck about Miles Turner? <laughs> he's he's a non-story. He, <laughs> yeah, you know, like his contract is fine. He's a fine player, but like Ainge whatever. didn't even want Ainge didn't even want him over uh Daniel Tice. He's like, no, I'm good. I got Daniel Tice. No, because Daniel Tice is getting paid eight mil a year and and Turner's getting paid 18 mil a year. Yeah. It's like I'm and they good. do the same things. <laughs> that I guess I guess that is a, that's a good point. They do do the same things. Mm. I, I I've always been too high on Miles Turner. You're right. Um okay, Theo, you're up next. Six seed in the East. My six seed in the East which is a scary six seed 
um, is the Toronto Raptors. Oh, yes, yeah, right, right. Ron! That's um, right. We're all there. This is so boring. The East is so boring. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, the Toronto Raptors. I mean, like they always overperform, and they've got they've got you know, I think the best the, coach the, in the league. They do have the best coach in the league, more or less. I think that's also like a weird. It's a hard thing to actually track, uh, right, from the right, outside. right? But, but I, but I think like you know, generally accepted the the best coach in the league, um, more or less the same team. Um, you know, I, I I think they're gonna miss Serge. Aaron Baines is gonna be a really great fill in for them. I thought that was an underrated sign. I was like, oh god, what are they gonna do without Serge and Marcus All? And it's like, no, they've got Aaron Baines. It's gonna space the floor for them. He plays underrated defense and boxes oh, out yeah. really well for other guys. And so he's not always the guy who's gonna get the rebound for you, but he just he he's a good team player and he's a good glue guy for them, kind of like Marcus All. Yeah, Aaron Baines is why why I don't think they're gonna miss Marcus All, but I do think they're gonna miss. Because when when your right. when your centers that you're running out there are Marcus All and and Serge Ibaka, you, there's no drop off. Whereas now the centers that are running out there are going to be Aaron Baines and Alex Len, and like that's a huge huge drop yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my my best friend uh, spent a lot of his childhood in Phoenix, and so like I I've been watching Alex Len since since he came into the league, <laughs> and let me tell you, Alex Len is uh, not very good. <laughs> he's fine but he's, he's not made very a lot of money yeah. alex len was so bad is so bad that last year he made the atlanta hawks trade for like three centers because they couldn't deal with alex len being the starter <laughs> exactly. um i will say like about aaron baines is that the last two seasons have been pretty injury riddled for him which is a concern for sure he's so um, but i think and, and <laughs> he is old and so i think that like Y'all are right, uh, Dylan. You're right that like that's a good fill-in for Marcus All, but the the availability is a question. And I think their depth issues go beyond just there. Like after Pascal Siakam for power forwards, it's like Chris Boucher, who I watched him in the preseason, and he just does not look very good. Well, their their backup um, power forward is OG Ananobi. That's the thing, and and I like that OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, small ball, four, five lineup, actually. Yeah. That, um, that lineup is cool. I'm, I'm into that lineup a lot. Uh, and, and like, they've got the, they've got the history and they've played together for a long time. So they're, they're going to be good. It's just like any COVID stuff, any injuries. And I, I just really worry about them being able to fill in those spots. Um, I'm, have you watched Malachi Flynn play yet? Cause no, he looks, I've, I've heard good things though. He looks good. He looks comfortable. So um, uh, I'm, I'm excited to watch him because there, there's going to be minutes for him because Terrence Davis is like facing a possible suspension. Um, and so like there's minutes a backup point guard for sure. I'm also I'm I'm like a low key DeAndre Bembry fan. I feel the way about DeAndre Bembry, the way a lot of people feel about DJ Augustine or even Etwan Moore. Like I think he's like a really like really capable backup that can go in and like not make a whole lot of mistakes. I, I I, except he does does make a lot of mistakes, but I still I still his I like I'm a DeAndre Benbury fan. I feel you there. I have for some reason I love him. He was one of the reasons I was so high on the on the Hawks last year. Um, Dylan, who do you got at the five seed in the East? Okay, at the five seed, it's actually my five seed, and it might be some of your five seeds too. And unfortunately, it is the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, is that and did anybody? Nobody else had them there. Did people have the Nets there because they just hate uh, 
KD and Kyrie. No, they're my five seed, okay. but I'm I'm prepared to be wrong. I'm I'm like I'm like really hoping that I'm wrong. Me too. I have them, I, think I have them at two. Oh my god, Chilenga, love it, love it. Okay, uh, Chilenga and I both agree. As as we've, I'm, maybe this is in the podcast. Maybe I cut it out because fantasy basketball is bullshit. But uh, I took Ben Simmons with the second uh, round pick in our in our uh, fantasy basketball league, and I think that this could be Ben Simmons' breakout year. This could be the season where Ben Simmons becomes like second or first team All NBA. Uh, last year was, I think he was third team still, but uh, he didn't have a great bubble at all. I just want to see Ben Simmons with the ball in his hands with some shooters. Finally, we got Seth Curry. Uh, Josh Richardson just didn't match very well. I don't love Joel Embiid like as a player, and I don't love him as a person just because of the uh, just because of what he's done with Cat. And and I know that uh, I'm talking to a couple of Cameroonian kings right now who are in, probably in love with. <laughs> Love Joel. Love Joel. And I love that shit he did with Cat. I love it. <laughs> um, no, it's true. Cat's cat is uh cat is uh weak as hell, so um he needs to toughen up. But uh I I think that this needs to be Ben Simmons' team at this point. And if it if they are the second seed in the East, as Chilenga says, that means that probably the reins have been thrown over to Ben Simmons and he's actually uh he's doing everything all over the court. For me, the only reason that the Sixers that I have the Sixers at the same spot is just because I I I just believe in the other teams more during the regular season. But I oh, think yeah. when we get to the, when we get to the playoffs, I think the Sixers are going to have some real success. And and I, for me, for me, it's like looking at the Sixers two years ago when they were running out lineups of Saric, um, Rocco, Butler, um, Simmons, and Embiid, and they were so good. And, like, the only thing different from what they were doing last year is that, like, is that Saric is a capable three-point shooter. They just had one guy who's a capable three-point shooter. And it's like, oh, snap. And, it, oh, they had Redick, too. And it's like when you got Redick got in there, too. At the end of the season that year. Um, and it's like, like, oh. Yeah, I think they're going to do really well, but I think it's going to take them some time to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the the roster finally makes sense. Like, yep. I mean, and and Ben Simmons can play his natural position. He'll still be like the nominal point guard, but he's going to guard the three or the four, mm-hmm. and he's not going to have to, you know. I mean, St- Seth Curry is not a defender, but he's a smart player at least, and he's like a, a truly elite three point shooter. Yes, he Danny Green, million percent from three. Let's. Yeah. <laughs> Danny Green is is hot or cold, but I mean, he's like got that championship blood, which mm-hmm. they need. Um. Doc Rivers is going to bring that every some... year. He kind of fizzles out in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, he does. But he uh, Doc Rivers, the Lakers, he missed that one shot. But like the end of that game was Morris's fault, not his. He took the open shot. He missed it. And if and if Morris had his head about him and was an actually smart player, he would have passed it to Green, and Green would have had a second shot, and he would have hit that shot. That's all. Yeah, Green streak. Green point. is Danny Green's a streaky player. Anyway, I'm high on the Sixers and I'm ready to be wrong about it as well because <laughs> I, I just like they've consistently dis- disappointed. We were high on them last year too. Um, they're going to be so and, awesome defensively. Yeah, Tybal. Yeah, I think I think they're going to be very good. Yeah. Uh, all right, Dylan, fourth seed in the East. Go ahead. I have the Miami Heat, and I apologize. Okay. I apologize to Chalanga because I know that he is in love with Jimmy Butler. But I think that we've probably overhyped this whole team because of what happened in the bubble. I don't think the same thing's going to happen. They played in their home state. 
They didn't have to move very much. They didn't have to like, oh, now we're having uh, practice in a completely different time zone. All this, th- all this stuff played to their advantage. Everybody was kind of taken aback by like, oh, we are we are restarting the season, except for Jimmy Butler, who was staying in shape the whole time, was complete a complete psycho. Was like, I'm not having my family here. I'm here to win a fucking championship. But now we're in the regular season. It's going to be a slog. And I am prepared for the Heat to take a step back from the bubble, not from the regular season, because I do still see them as a, as the four seed as they were last year. Um, and I think they're solid. They could be in the in the Eastern Conference Finals. They could make the finals. I I, I have them on like at, with having an outside shot at making the finals. But I think that we're probably overhyping Bam and Jimmy right now, and definitely, obviously, Tyler Hero. This whole team is kind of overhyped, but. Uh, <laughs> But uh, but I do like the team. I'm not I'm not trying to say that uh, I was wrong. Okay, Chalanga, I had them as the nine seed, and it was because of all my negative feelings about Jimmy Butler last year. But uh, this year, I have them as the yep. four seed. Yeah, I actually I actually only I have them at three, so you know okay. it's not not that big of a difference. But I, I love them. I, I mean, I think that they are a great great team. I think they've got great depth, especially with Goran Dragic. You know, dealing with that foot issue, adding Avery Bradley is just like a really nice luxury piece. Like he doesn't have to play. But it'll be really nice to just save some of the bodies on that on this team. Um, Tyler Hero, you're right, is overrated, and I also think he's good as shit. Like I think that he's got a real clutch gene. Yeah, I, I will he ever be an all star? I don't know, but like he can win you games, and that that's important. And like what I see on the Heat are a lot of players that can just like win you games. Whether it's Tyler Hero, Goran Dragic, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, they just like they're just fucking winners. Um, and as I say every year, the Heat always got somebody in the back burner who shows up and surprises you. This year, that player is KZ Okpala. He's had a great preseason. He looks like he's kind of a string bring. He looks actually a lot like Derek Jones Jr. in body and hair. Like if you're squinting, if you think he, he's obviously not the athlete, but he's a much better shooter than Derek Jones Jr. And I think he's going to have a really great year. Uh, this is also where I have the heat, but only because I, I think it's just like at this point in the, especially in the East, it's a wash. Like five through one, it's a wash of who could win. And and I like him a lot. It Even in this short time off, like Bam coming back in the preseason games to me looks really good. Um, he's like, he's like taking and making some jumpers that he was afraid to take and make last year. So like that, that's scary to me because if Bam becomes a functional, like 15 to 18 foot jumper hitter, that's scary because like, because they operate with him at the three front line, the three, the free throw line, passing the ball and running the offense. Right. Mm -hmm. And if he, Mm -hmm. if, if he can hit that shot on a consistent basis, Man, they're going to be scary. It's going to open it up for Tyler and Duncan and Jimmy. I mean, that yeah, this, yeah. it's a well-built team. Well, but let's team. compare this to ESPN. Would you rather have Bam Adebayo or Carl Anthony Towns right now? To start, Carl. Yeah. yeah, Carl. Even on this team, I would pick Carl. I I think Carl is just massively underrated, and and Bam Adebayo is starting to become an overrated player at this point. I don't know though. That block on Tatum. That's what. That's the thing that did it. That's, I show. But that's it's not though. But it's but it's he does that all the time. I know. But he does that, he like bails out their defense all the time. It's it's and you know what I want to do is I want to combine cat and bam into the same player. Like that's what I want. That would be the <laughs> best player Kat of all time. 
it'd be Kevin Durant. <laughs> I mean, because Kareem Bam can dribble. Twenty twenty one. Bam can like legit dribble, and he has the green light to like be the point guard sometimes. He's like he's special. He's really special. Um, yeah. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Theo, it's your pick uh, for the third seed in the east third seed in the east let's get lit okay oh actually i had the heat above this team um so i'm gonna i'm gonna slot the celtics in at the third the third seed Mm -hmm. Um, yeah that seems right to me that's where i had them too well i had them at four probably just um, like you yeah i had i had the celtics at four um i get that they're i mean they're a really good team and and i think the the tristan thompson addition is really good i think the losing Hayward is actually really good for them as long as Kemba is healthy, which he's not at the moment. But if Kemba is healthy, I think that the Hayward loss is doesn't is actually like a plus because it means that you you can play Tatum and Brown more. Robert Williams. I'm 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 still I'm still a huge fan of Robert Williams. <laughs> I know that's sort of a meme, but um he's he's got so much bounce, it's just so fun. Um and I also love I love watching uh, uh, Grant Williams run around out there because he's just so fat. <laughs> <laughs> I I feel like I I don't like them in the playoffs. I like Miami Heat more in the playoffs for sure. But Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, that alone is going so to good. win you so many games <laughs> in the regular season. And the big question mark for me is like, can Jason Tatum not have those blips against like he did against the Miami heat uh, in the playoffs? And I, so I'm not worried about them in the regular season. That's the only reason I have them ahead of them. But in the, in the playoffs, I could see them being a surprise out, maybe even in the first round. Uh, if, if they are that four seed, like you guys have them easily, they could be outed by, uh, by the Sixers. But um Yeah. Even the Raptors are going to be a tough matchup for them, and they were a tough mm-hmm. matchup for them. So, yeah, my thing year. about the Celtics is like Jason Tatum has kind of that Paul George cor- curse of being too good too soon, and mm. so like the expectations for him are so astronomical that if he doesn't reach those crazy heights, then like he's a disappointment. When when in reality, like he's been in the playoffs consistently for his in, uh, entire career, <laughs> which is insane at this point. Um, but I'm concerned about Kemba. He's got arthritis in his knees, so he's going to be on and off the court, like on the regular. Um, which is which. Then you're stuck with Jeff Teague, and <laughs> again, Wolves fans, we saw Jeff Teague last season, and he sucked. Um, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. You know, I, I'm sure he was pretty disengaged on the Wolves and then the Hawks, and so like I want to see him play engaged basketball before I cast judgment. Um, but I, I, I'm I'm definitely worried about that. Um, I will say Peyton Pritchard does look fairly good. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to play a lot. Yeah, he's he's ready to play. He's ready to play. So, like, the real question is, like, is, like, Aaron Neesmith or Carson Edwards or one of those other, you know, wing guard type players? Because I think they need one more piece to, like, really, really compete, especially with like, Hurt, So Yeah, just because they're a little bit they're, – they're shallow for the first time in forever. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. I, I I think that three or four is about right for them. Um, just because like 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 we said, Marcus and Jalen and Tatum are so good. Marcus is the best contract in the league. Like absolutely, absolutely. Ooh, I cannot believe the negotiating on that. That was crazy, man. Oh, 
it is like it's it's similar it's similar to like what Roko's contract was like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Now now it's like I don't even know what you are anymore, Roko. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's a good it's a good ass contract. He's real yeah. good. All right, I'm up next with the last two picks. Um, I actually had this team in third behind this uh, 76ers, but uh, for us they'll be second, and that's the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, Kyrie and KD are just going to win games. I mean, it's like, that's the bottom line. And even if Kyrie gets hurt, which he does, like, you still got KD and Dinwiddie and Lavert and DeAndre. And I mean, this team is deep. And there's oh, a pair so they can, yeah, they're, they're, they've got the ability to get better. They've got like pieces that are interesting uh, in trades. And yeah, they're just, they're going to be very good. <laughs> so that's like all I got. <laughs> yeah. They honestly, like, Steve Nash could be the Steve Kerr of this year where it's just, he puts it all together in year one. It's very possible that happens, but the downside is also that like Katie's not able to actually play once everyone's going hundred percent. He looked really good though. I, I know mean, he I looks know. like totally back. He did, but um, like nobody's going hundred percent in preseason and everybody's just coming back themselves. So I like how we're so, we were so interested in talking about all the shit teams and we're at the Brooklyn Nets are like, well, yeah, they're just going to be good. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that Joe Harris contract is going to look really bad in three years. Oh yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> it makes a lot of sense now, I, but I think their window is the next two years and then it, like, it's going to look really bad because Joe Harris you know? is going to fall off. He's, he's really good. And I like Joe Harris a lot, um, but, but I think it's going to be a, a I, sharp decline. I told he's Talega, already like 29, isn't he? He's old as yeah. shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's not 29. I think he's like, mm-hmm. what? He's I old. think he's 29. Look it up. Look it up. Oh, he is 29. Holy shit. Yeah, that's bad. That's real. Well, but he is a shooter. He's not He's not relying on athleticism at all. I'm not worried about that, actually. But um, but I still don't think it's a good contract. I was, I was telling Shalanga <laughs> that the reason why they signed him to like a $20 million a year contract was just because they didn't want to include him in on the Harden trade. <laughs> Like no, that's too much money. Can't include him. Yeah, they well, well they, I, they had to. There, I mean, like that. That someone was gonna have, like the Pistons were gonna pay him that money if the Nets didn't. And really? like, they, oh yeah, I mean, if the Pistons paid Miles Plumley what they paid, someone was yeah. gonna pay him the that Pistons, money. Were the Pistons smart enough to know like, oh, we do need a shooting guard that can actually make threes? They have Svi. They're fine. Um, I, w- <laughs> <laughs> I will say that contract will look amazing, uh, if they win a championship. And so that's, I mean, that's like, what I'm saying is that their windows the next two years. Yeah. 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 And you they've know. got it. They've got it. I think they've got a legit shot. Cause like KD looks like he, he can be a top five player this year. Right. And if Kyrie can, can be healthy in the playoffs, that's really all that matters. And like, I mean, he doesn't even have to play Davis gets hurt. as he wrote Landry Shammy key edition, but he's not even going to start. That's great. He shouldn't. But right. He's a great, exactly. he's a great player off the bench. Exactly. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Um, all right. And the number one seed in the East, unsurprisingly, again, will be the Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis will probably perform well enough to win a third MVP. He probably will not win a third MVP, but he'll be one of the best players in the league again. I mean, their starting lineup is killer. It's like it's the best starting lineup in the league, no question. And they're gonna be really really hard to beat i disagree with that but go ahead <laughs> you, you you think that their starting lineup isn't the best in the league i i think that you could put lebron and ad out there with with our grandma and grandpa and it would <laughs> it would still be a better start, starting lineup <laughs> that, that's fair all right that, that is wait, fair i mean you, wait, you wasn't put two... one of your grandpas like a professional uh football player or something 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So our our dad's parents, and then our dad grandfather on our mom's side. Oh, okay. Uh, if you put a coffin on the court, <laughs> it'd still be a better starting lineup. Uh, I'd be controlling him with like marionette strings or whatever. <laughs> yeah. you know, just, I'm um, sorry, that's disrespectful. Uh, <laughs> R.I.P. Well, greatest to ever do it. Yeah, this I yeah. Seriously. I love that take, but also I think the Bucks are going to be awesome, and it all just depends mm-hmm. on how much Bud trusts Giannis to put on his shoulders to uh, actually play him 35 to 40 minutes a game. I want to see Giannis playing 40 minutes a game. And when we get in the playoffs, above 40. I don't want to see him playing less than 40 minutes a game, and I want to see him in shape playing 40 minutes for the Bucks. There's no reason in the regular season. They just need to make the playoffs. And then, yeah, and, yeah, then and then in the playoffs, I want to see him playing 40 plus a game. Yeah, obviously. But in the regular season, mm-hmm. there's no point. There's no but point. you gotta you do have to get his conditioning up. So you do have to play him more than 30 minutes a game sometimes. Maybe there'll well, be like he stays in, in shape though. He have you stays seen in that man? Good shape. <laughs> Why wasn't he playing 30 minutes a game? And at the end of games, he looked kind of gassed last year. Yeah. I blame it. I blame it on Rona. Okay. Oh, wait, did he get yeah. it? I didn't hear that he got it. No, no, no. I just, but like the, just these are all human beings playing these games. And yeah. like, I barely wanted to get out of bed most days this year. And the fact that they got up and played basketball is yeah. wild to me. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, I have a question about the Bucks. Will Drew Holiday make his second all-star team first since the last time he was in. Yes. Ahead of Middleton. I already, I think I already said that on the pod. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I would not be shocked if drew Middleton and Giannis were all all all-stars this year. Oh, totally. Yeah. They could be the only, they could be the only team to win 50 games this year. Pretty easily. Mm -hmm. Um, I think if, if Harden gets traded to the East, that'll bump Middleton. But yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, like, that's what happens is like the best team in the league, you know, like if they have the best, the best um, record, people are just, they're just all going to be there, you know? Yeah. And it's, and it's not like, and, and it's not like Eric Bledsoe who like has no business being in an all-star game, you know, no, yeah, <laughs> it's like, totally. it's Drew Holiday who is, should have been, been making all-star games and has just been severely slept on. Made one that well, he shouldn't and then missed a bunch that he should. It, yeah, he, that's, it's not that's, that he shouldn't have made that. It's just that he played in the East. Right. When yeah, the East was the worst it's ever been. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really bad. It was really bad. Um, that's our Eastern Conference playoff picture. Thank you for listening. I, I guess to review, in the A seed we had the Hawks, in the seventh seed, the Pacers, then the Raptors, then the Sixers, then the Heat, Celtics at three, Nets at two, and the Bucks at one. Next, we'll move on to the Western Conference. Okay, so with with a seed, I'm picking the Pelicans. Oh, thank God. Um, and um, it is on the back of a healthy and playing and non minute res- restricted Zion Williamson. This man is a gener- gener- generational player in the way few are. His size and speed are jaw dropping. He is he is the quickest to the second jump that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. It, it it doesn't make sense the the way that he he like will miss a rebound and still get the rebound is absurd um his strength his quick t- his quick twitch muscles uh, are so amazing um and i i don't 
if he's playing full minutes, I think he'll be the best player on the team, no question. And uh, Brandon Ingram as your second best player is like is is nothing to sneeze at. Um, so I think they can squeak in to the to the eight spot. Oh my god! You I know, okay, you go, Chalinga. I'll go after. I was just gonna say Dylan and I are both pretty low on on Brandon Ingram. We think that low. he is se- severely overrated. I mean, his his defense is like. <laughs> It's some of the worst defense in the league. Um, I, I will say, you know, uh, next to Giannis, I think that Zion is like perhaps the most unstoppable offensive force in the league already. Uh, just like his ability to to attack and physically dominate is is amazing, as you said. But the thing that's got me so high on this team is that they have the ability to get a lot better really quickly. I'm I'm really rooting for them to trade for James Harden because I think Zion like if you don't ma- if he doesn't win in his first five years I think that his body's just going to break down, uh, not not dissimilar from like a Blake Griffin. Yeah, um, the, yeah, this is the window almost like it feels like. And so if they trade uh, Brandon Ingram and some picks for James Harden, all of a sudden you've got a I team like that, that a lot. like. Do you, yes. you want to hear? Do you want to hear my hot take, Theo? I yeah, told Chalenga it was it was psycho. Chalenga's Chalenga's gonna get really mad that I'm saying this on the podcast. Zion for Harden. That is stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> Go home. I know. Go home. Thank you. <laughs> for, that's it's, great. That's great for Houston. It's yeah. stupid. It, okay, so it's stupid because they did the Drew Holiday trade, and it's stupid because they did the um they they did the Stephen Adams re-signing. <laughs> Oh my god! That, that so extension bad. is wild to me. It sucks I can't so believe bad. he's made so. How much money has Stephen Adams? Chilling, can you look that up on Spotrack? How yep. much money Stephen Adams has made in his career and will have made in his career after this contract? That's. I mean, he is the most over overpaid big since Andrew Bynum. That, but, that, I think that's cruel to him. <laughs> I think he's, he's an incredibly capable um, center, but should be getting paid around ten to twelve million a year only. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's fine. But does he fit perfectly next to Zion? No, he doesn't fit at all perfectly next to Zion. Zion needs to play four out. Like Zion needs to have the Dwight Howard role that uh that he had in 2009 with Stan Van Gundy. That's what needs to happen. And Stan Van Gundy should know that by now, but for some reason they still have Steven Adams sitting the in the Steven middle. Steven Adams of the court. signing though is is a, is a Zion longevity signing. Because if you play Zion the next three years as the primary five, he for certain will break down. But if if he's the four and maybe sometimes even the three, which we may see this season, I think that he has a, a much st- better chance at lasting. For so me, like that, that's what that that signing is about. For me, I would rather have straight up Aaron Baines than Steven Adams on that. Oh team. yeah. Oh, and- obviously. And, and I saw like, you're, how much are they getting Aaron Baines for in Toronto? Like five million, maybe less. And I just, I, I guess, I just don't see what Stephen Adams does for you offensively. They could be an awesome defense next year, be, just because of Stephen Adams and Eric Bledsoe, and Lonzo. And Stephen, uh, Stephen Adams had some of the best screens in the league. Watch, yeah, watch him set screens. That shit is wild. Like Stephen it's Adams, wild. Ion pick and roll. That might be nice. Okay, so but, just just so we're just so we're clear, by the end of this year, Stephen Adams will have made hundred and ten million dollars in the NBA, and by the and end of the contract, the, by the end of his contract, it'll be at one hundred forty-five million. Oh God, I would. So, I don't want to be. 
any of those franchises. Here's here's la- last word on the on the extension is that so like in this Harden trade that I, I've been dreaming up, they could send Ingram and Bledsoe, and they could actually come in to the twenty one off season with cap space with Harden and Zion on really? the team. Worst right. even Adams not extended. Right, that's true. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Which and would be the worst offensively for both of those guys. Yeah, uh, but uh, so so like, but regardless of the Harden trade, I think that like just they they've acquired so many assets and they've got all these young players that are totally like if a team is interested in Lonzo Ball, you can package Lonzo Ball and some Milwaukee picks or I'm some Lakers picks or even some Pelicans picks, and you can upgrade super easily. And so that like, there's no doubt in my mind that they're not done. Like they are going to get better, and the GM is very good. Oh, you like David huh? Griffin? I hate David Griffin. I think I he like lucked David into Griffin. Zion. I think he just completely lucked into Zion, and then he lucked in the Drew Holiday trade because the Bucks were just fucking desperate. And then he got LeBron James on his team, and then, but like other than that, what did he do? Sign Timofey Mozgov to a terrible contract. Um, I, I like him. I like him. <laughs> but uh, I had to watch Brandon Ingram in L.A. when he was playing for the Lakers because <laughs> the, those are most of the games that I have on locally. And I became a Lakers fan, by the way, Theo, as a result of all this. Um, but I do love the wagon. Yeah, well, it's the only team I get to watch. And, I, and I, I just don't like what the Clippers are doing. It seems like they're just trying to m- mimic the Lakers. And I, I preferred them when they were like a blue-collar team. Anyway. I, I'll never believe in Brandon Ingram. Brandon Ingram to me is uh, Andrew Wiggins, but a little bit longer and a little bit better at scoring. And a little bit more high. A lot, and a lot, a more, lot high. more high. <laughs> Theo, you look like you, you're deep in thought. You look I like have, you're high. I have this, like, a, like I, I, okay, there's, there's a really complex way that I'm like, that I disagree with that. <laughs> one, one, it's with Andrew Wiggins like being disparaged in such a way. I, I understand the disappointment with Andrew Wiggins, but I think the biggest knock on Andrew Wiggins is actually just his contract. It's not his play. Mm-hmm. I think that if he were making 10 million less a year, I think that that people would feel much much better about him. And so I and, and that's not Andrew Wiggins' fault. You know, like that's and that's that's where but that's just my shit on Andrew Wiggins because I think it is Andrew Wiggins' fault. He he promised Glenn Taylor no, what? it's not his fault. It's no, Glenn it's Taylor's fault. fault. Come on, don't don't put that on Andrew. Every, if you ask every player in the NBA, they have if the like, especially at that age when you're like in your early twenties, if you say who's the best player in the NBA, and this is like after LeBron, players <laughs> have to, like they have to say themselves. I don't want a player that's 24 years old that doesn't think they can be the best player in the league. I don't want that player. That's why I love Ant Man. You know, like it's like I. Yeah. If you if you're young, you should think that you can be the best player in the league. I that's be, yeah. You're you're making me come around on Andrew Wiggins, but I still think the Warriors are going to be bad. Anyway, we got to move on. Yeah, we've be been bad. we spent too long on the Pelicans. <laughs> God, I didn't realize that was going to be such a contentious uh, spot to have Pelicans at eight in the playoffs, but uh, I guess it is. We I'm up next journey. with the next two picks. Um, the next team, I've got their over. Their over under is 30 and a half. I have them at 40 wins, and that is the Phoenix Suns. I'm a Chris Paul lover. I mean, I love that dude. I think he is amazing. Um, I think like this team looks to me like a team that wins around 46 games in in an 82 game season. That's 40 and 72. Uh, and 
uh, I mean, they look good in the bubble, but even pre-bubble, they started out the season really well. Uh, Mikael Bridges is getting better. Devin Booker is starting to really put it together. I think DeAndre Ayton has like a lot of potential. Um, this team would look a lot better if Luka Doncic was on it, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I like what they did. Jake, getting Jay Crowder was huge. And I have to think that Chris Paul was instrumental in that um, just because, you know, ev- like everyone fucks with Chris Paul. He is the dude. Um, they have and, to. Uh, He's I, the leader of their union. Yeah, I think that, yes. I think that this team even has potential to be better than the seventh seed uh, and and to be better than 40 wins. And I'm honestly being a little bit cautious just because I know, like, injuries could, could really hurt them because they're a little thin. But if they really click, I mean, watch out for the Suns, man. They, yeah, they I look feel like good. One through seven is kind of etched almost in ink, basically, at this point. You could still rip them off, but uh, off of the paper. But, uh, and that's only if CP3 uh, doesn't stay healthy, basically. Because if he stays healthy, they're going to be a playoff team. Um, no and and as, as good as he w- was last year, or even 90% of what he was last year, because him being the second best player on the Suns versus Ricky Rubio is insane right and if he can be the best player on the suns then they could be fighting for home court advantage as well so mm-hmm. um yeah that okay I mean, team that okc team was not very good and he made them really good yeah i mean yeah like part of the thing like with playing with chris paul is that that he knows exactly what the other team is trying to do at all times and so when when you've got a player that can tell everyone a- in your jersey Oh yeah, then like exactly. Oh, that shit. Um, but like, when you've got a player that tells everyone where to be, to wit, to be most optimal, like that's you're gonna do great things. And you know, like, and the Jay Crowder signing is great. I think the Etwan Moore signing is really great, especially because he's like maybe their ninth <laughs> man. Like, like if if Etwan Moore is your starter, you've got problems. But if but if he's your your like fourth guard off the bench, you're real good. Theo, That's we're not going to stop. Good. We're not going to be able to stop thinking about you whenever we bring up Etwan Moore on this podcast ever again. I'm a big Etwan Moore fan. I think he's. I think he's like a really solid, solid, solid player. He's not going to say. I don't know if we're going to bring up Etwan Moore on the podcast ever again. Like this is the most. <laughs> he might be out of the league next year. Who knows? No, no, no. You will because you'll see him. He's, he's going to play. He's going to play <laughs> meaningful minutes on the Suns. He's going to finish some games as Whoa. as the. As the as as look, there are going to be some games oh. where Chris Paul is going to be injured, and Etwan Moore is going to be the point okay. guard, more or less defensively, but offensively. Over Javon Carter, Javon Carter is my over guy. campaign. Cameron Payne okay, is fine. <laughs> Javon Carter gives them like a defensive upside. I like Javon Carter way more than campaign. I like Javon Carter too. I like Javon Carter because he came into the league looking fifty years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are my favorite types of players. Um, I was gonna go on a on a campaign rant, but I think I'm gonna save that for a a, a different pod. A campaign, uh, campaign, campaign, uh, campaign, campaign, campaign. Yeah. Love it. Uh, <laughs> and I'm gonna pick the uh, six seed in the West. And that wait, I'm supposed the... to be picking. No, I just realized this. Oh, it's yeah. supposed to be you. Yeah, but I would have picked the Suns anyway, so I don't care. Okay, perfect. So who's your but sixth seed in the West? My then? sixth seed's probably different than <laughs> yours because all of the blog boys right now have a big old hard on for this team, and I don't see it. So like last year, we both didn't see it. We both had these guys out of the playoffs. 
I think their over under was like 42 or something like that, or 40. And we had Don't them way it. low, way low. Don't so do you know it. Who I'm talking about at this point. It's Don't do it. It's Dallas Mavericks. Oh. Uh, well, oh. who did you think I was going to say? The the uh, Trailblazers. Oh, no, 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 no. I am so high on the Trailblazers. We're high on the Trailblazers. I'm yeah, so we're, we're high. Trailblazers <laughs> I lowered them significantly after seeing them in the preseason, but I still I still want them. Into that. I want them so bad. Okay, uh, why, do, why are the Dallas Mavericks so low for you? Okay, it's the Luca show at this point. This is the LeBron James. Like the the case is that this is LeBron James in 2007. That's the only case that I can see for the Mavericks being even close to the four seed or higher. <laughs> Sorry, uh, <laughs> they don't have a healthy Porzingis. They might never have a healthy Porzingis ever again. They're getting Dwight Powell back, and he's going to have to be healthy in order for them to have a chance. Because I love Moxie. I okay, he he's looking pretty healthy so far. Mm-hmm. But I love Moxie Kleba. I do not want him to be my starting five on a playoff team. Could they become the sixth seed? Yes. But could they upset in the first round with Moxie Kleba playing uh 35 minutes a game? I don't think so. That's that's my opinion on him. I mean, I know Danny LaRue. Well, loves so, boy, so Maxi wouldn't even, he would never even start at the center. He would, he would, it would be Willie Cauley Stein. At this, Dwight Powell oh, oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah. Don't for sleep sure. on Willie Cauley Stein. Oh, God. No, he's hitting he threes now. He's he hitting, did you guys see him? He's hitting, he's shooting threes. Yeah. Okay. So, otherwise, other than that, there's, uh-huh. that's not my only problem with him. That's not my only problem. And I don't care <laughs> yeah, that he's yeah. shooting threes. Drummond shoots threes sometimes. Okay. But <laughs> their backup point guards are, Burke Brunson and Ty Terry. That's great. I don't know if that's great. I think that's all kind of unproven commodities. And so when Luca's on the bench, oh my God. Uh, When Luca's on the bench, I'm worried about this team's production. I don't know. I don't know uh, who is going to be distributing the ball when he's on the bench. And it, it looked like that when I was watching them in the preseason as well. Like when, when Luca was on the court, they were unstoppable. But when Luca was off the court, there were a lot of things that were kind of going wrong. I do love their starting lineup. Luca's going to be awesome. I still think he's one year away from becoming the MVP of the NBA. I definitely feel that. And like, I, I don't know if he'll win MVP this year, but I do like this team. I actually had to temper my expectations. I, I had him way higher and then I moved him down to the fifth seed. Uh, just because I do think you are right about their depth, but I don't think you're right about their their like guard depth. I think they've got great guards. Um, Jalen Brunson is is a good player. He is a good player. And Trey Burke proved last year that you know it's it's pretty wrong that he's been bouncing around so much. I mean he's he's limited, but he he can put the ball in the in the bucket for sure. I think the wing is going to be the bigger concern because right now it's like Tim Hardaway Jr., Dorian Finney-Smith, and then. You gotta hope that you know Josh Green can. Play. I love Dorian Finney-Smith. I I do too. I do too. But I'm saying like after that, you gotta hope that that somebody else can can give him some minutes, whether it's Wes Wundu or Josh Green. But I'm like not putting stock in those players. So there there is some depth concern. The but they game. have but they have Richardson who can play up too. He's a pretty sizable mm-hmm. guy. I mean, I I think I think that was a great pick have... for them, Richardson. Yeah, they needed more size uh, than they had, and it's easier to find like the. Honestly, like, yes, Seth Curry was instrumental for them in the playoffs, but it's easier to find a smaller guy uh, to, like, initiate the offense. And, and they needed someone who could actually initiate the offense a little bit better than Seth Curry as well. But um, it's easier to find those smaller guys who are super talented um, 
And so Josh Richardson could could be way better in Dallas than he was in Philadelphia. For sure. I, I feel like the the thing that you know, like um the main thing that's gonna keep be a key to Maverick success is definitely Boban. Um, <laughs> um I'm like I'm a Boban stan. I know that like, you know, he he is an incredibly limited player, but he's also amazing. I love him so much. He's kind but, of unstoppable on offense. Um, truly, and and the the largest liability on defense. But the thing the thing about about the Mavericks that I really, really like beyond Luca, of course Luca's amazing, is that having both um Richardson and Finney Smith gives you two players that that like really for most of the most teams that you're going to play can guard one through four. And, and, and that sort of flexibility is really, really amazing and special. Um, and, and uh, Josh Richardson has been shooting really well in the postseason, in the preseason. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. actually really scary. And, and like to the point where like, you know, he's going to level off, but even, even like le- less than what he's doing now is still going to be like, Holy crap. Um, and so I, I, I had met the Mavs hire, but also like we're at the point where it's like, you know, it's sort of a toss up. Absolutely. It, injuries can, can, can change it a lot. All right, Theo, you're up with and the Corona seed. Yeah. And Corona. Corona. You're up with the fifth seed in the West. Fifth seed in the West. So for this fifth seed, it's really hard for me um, because it's it is another sort of toss up. Um, but I'm going to I'm going to go with um, the Utah Jazz. Yep, that's what I had to. Um, I, I I'm I'm sad for them that they're going to be paying Rigo Bear like 50 million dollars in four years. Yeah, um, that's re- that's a really sad thing. Um, like I said in a, in a in a text thread uh, that Chalanga is on earlier, if I were the Jazz, I would call New York in February and offer them Rudy Gobert for Mitchell Robinson and as many picks as they'll give me, um, because I, I like Rudy Gobert, but I don't like I don't I don't know if know. they'll give picks. That's the problem. I think you could at least one first rounder, at least one. Really? I, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, oh Tibbs, that's no Tibbs would love Rudy. You know, you guys Rudy are Gobert's so good. Rudy Gobert is take, so good. And Tibbs if you were making twenty eight million a year, I would be like, yeah, let's let's ride with it. But like, you know, anyways, Utah Jazz. You know, I think um, I think that they're gonna we're gonna see more and more of Donovan Mitchell really running the offense um, as a primary ball handler. Um, and I think Conley that's the way to go off the bench. Yeah, baby. Um, yeah, and and I think um, I just the, they just know how to win games. I think the Derek Favors pickup is a really good one, um, you know, because it adds some continuity with their bench squad. Um, they got a lot of shooting. I, I, I'm really hoping for a Joe Ingles resurgence. He had a really down mm-hmm. year last year. And uh, I think he should. Well, that's what I was going to say. He should start instead of Conley and have Conley just like be your sixth man. Yeah, but is Joe Ingles a two at this point in his career? I don't think so. That's the thing too is like Conley is one of those players that doesn't really have a position. Like, yeah, he like probably is best suited to play the four a lot of the time. But like, I don't know. I like I like Joe Ingles a lot. Um, you know, I yeah, I I I think they'll win some games. Yeah, Bojan is going to be a huge huge addition for them. I mean, I think a lot of people forget how good they were with Bojan. 
before the Denver Clippers series, I actually thought that the Jazz had a better chance of beating the Clippers. And I that's because I think Donovan Mitchell's ceiling is as high as he wants it to be. Like, it's very, very, very high. I think he could be most improved player. He could be, uh, he could vault himself into like second team or first team all NBA uh, for the Jazz. Uh, I I mean, probably not first team, but I could see him vault himself into second team all NBA. It's kind of weird because they have favors now again, and that was already a problem for them. And I don't like any of their fours because they're either fives who are playing the four or in their favors or their four or threes who are playing the four in Boyan and Ingles and uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, uh, and uh, Royce O'Neal. So I, yeah, it's, it's very confusing what they're going to be doing at the four, just like with the Timberwolves. Um, I mean, but, the, the, um, Derek favors is exclusively a five. I mean, like we saw that in, 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 yeah. On the pass. So it's like, well, he's, he's he was a five now. But he was playing the four for and and so yeah fine he's going to be a backup five for them and that's great for them to have a backup five behind Rudy, but uh, I I guess it does does he give you enough different from Rudy Gobert for you to like be able to have fun with like changing your lineup a little bit depending on who the the opposing team starting five is like if you have a stretch starting five don't you want to play smaller anyway, so I, I guess I just don't understand the favor signing still. And yeah, when he was two years ago, when he was playing for the Jazz, he was their starting force, and that was uh, miserable. So, mm-hmm. yeah. See, for me, I'm a, I'm a big Donovan Mitchell stand. I had him at five as well. I think the Jazz have some depth issues um, for sure. I think they have nine players for sure, and then after that, they need to hope that Mieoni, Shaq Harrison, Elijah Hughes, like one of those guys on the wing, especially can give them some minutes otherwise they're going to be in some trouble but donovan and gobert is an a plus combo and they're just like good together so i i don't see them being too bad um it's going to be my pick now and what is this we're in the fourth seed or the fifth seed in the west fourth fourth seed in the west i got uh the denver nuggets um at 46 wins their over under is 44 and a half I, and I know, like the Nuggets looked really good in the bubble last season, and, and they've cons- and in the preseason, and they've consistently been a really good team. Jokic looks in shape. I think that there's just going to be a little bit of loss uh, with Jeremy Grant and inserting inserting Michael Porter Jr. into that spot defensively. I, I love. He's I love so Michael bad Porter at defense. Jr. Yes, <laughs> yeah. he's really he's bad so at bad. He might be the worst and- defender in the NBA. And I'm a I'm a huge Michael Porter stan, and I believe in him, and I, I love him, and I thought that was a great pick when the Denver Nuggets made it. Um, but not only is he bad at defense, but he already is showing signs that like he's kind of a prickly prickly pear, and like has expectations about what he should be doing on offense. Uh, and like once he's inserted into the starting line, I just think that's gonna get worse. Um, so that that's that's like a little concerning, but. Uh, that team is so good overall and they've just like they've got great depth and maga make america grant again and i i i was just saying that because of michael porter jr because he's a maga (laughs) make the denver nuggets have jeremy grant again um but yeah i think like Jokic could have an mvp season this year if he does they'll probably be higher than fourth but if not then i I think there's just going to be some struggles with with the chemistry and the fit Jokic is my pick for MVP. 
That's all I got to say. I have them at two. Second Hell yeah. Where'd you have them, Theo? I had them at three. Okay, yeah. So they are definitely a home court team. Um, my third pick is the uh, the other L.A. team, the L.A. Clippers. I think they'll be the third seed in the West. But I actually had them tied wow. of tied wins with the team that's the second team in the oh, West. Oh, wow. So you uh, gave the tiebreaker. I'm sorry, what? You're wild. <laughs> You yes. are wild. Yes. Um, yes. So, so here's my thing what? with the Clippers. I, <laughs> I don't even want to talk about the Clippers today. Let's skip the Clippers. I'm picking the Blazers. <laughs> All right. Uh, Theo's pick next at, at, at two. What do you, oh, okay. what do you, who's, who's your number two pick? We'll kind of talk about them simultaneously because this okay. is, this is interesting. Wait, okay. I just want to track back a little bit. Just like yeah. if I'm Denver, I'm I'm trying to do everything I can to throw Michael Porter Jr. and Gary Harris and whatever other contracts to make it work at Houston for Harden. Oh, um, yeah, that would be awesome. Um, and I think I think Michael Porter Jr. has the star power to to make that work. But and um, also, like, are are you really risking any of your uh like off the court chemistry if you're getting rid of Michael Porter Jr. No, versus- and it makes more minutes for Bo Bowl. Both of them oh, okay. two lives matter. So <laughs> the goat. Um, <laughs> I think I think throwing in Will Barton in that deal would make the money work. And Will Barton is not happy right now. So I know, but Will Barton is like such a key part of that. Was is in, he? He didn't I, play in the playoffs. No, but I mean last year in the in the regular season, he was a key part. He was really good for them. But yeah. I, I do like that. I like that that Harden deal because uh, I, I mean that would t- that would take them to championship level. Yes, like right now would... they're they're really good, but Harden would take them to championship level. That would be cr- they're like that offense would be unstoppable. Are you kidding mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. Whoa, um, uh, that's a great idea, Theo. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it so it's my pick now, and I I guess I just I just picked the Clippers at three. We didn't talk about them. <laughs> Whatever the Clippers, they got better somehow. Um, Serge Ibaka, I think kind of Serge Ibaka, but they didn't get a point guard. That's my. I think yeah, th- I think they got regular season worse. That's why I put them third. Yeah, but they, they got, got playoff better. Playoff they got better. playoff better. Yes. Yeah. Have okay. Paul have, Paul George can run the point. It's fine. It'll really? be okay. Yeah, yes. I, oh, I, don't, it'll be I don't trust. Be okay. I don't trust Paul George anything in the playoffs. My pick, I guess, is the the Portland Trailblazers. Yeah, yes. number two, baby. I did. I did not have them this high, which is I. It's I'm I'm a I'm a Dame Lillard stan. We we just went back and forth on 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 a, a you don't even know. That we have where where like for me in my brain that uh James Harden Dame Lillard it's a wash. They're 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 equivalent. Some people feel very differently, which is fine. Um, Dame Lillard Steph Curry. I uh oh that's close actually, but Steph um but barely. The thing is is that Dame has done more with less. Yes. And he continues to do more with less, um, and and the team got marginally better, and so it you know like I I think that with a team that is is marginally better, I think they'll they'll perform better and and even better in the playoffs. I feel like we're looking at a Dame MVP season coming yes. up. Yes, um, thank I, you. I think he's going to average like he's thirty five and seven, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and it's and and it's going to be wild. I think he's gonna take one half court shot a game. Um, one, he might more than one. And I mean, like fully set, like just like <laughs> here we go and up. Uh, um, yeah, I like I like that. I I I'm 
I hope Robert Covington is okay. To be traded as many times as he's been traded in the last three years is absurd. Um, and I hope he's okay mentally because <laughs> he's one of my favorite players. Um, when he's engaged, he's he's still one of the, the league's best defenders. He's the next Trevor Ariza. Um, he, I think he's a better defender than Trevor Ariza ever was. Yeah. Um, worse shooter, um, but better defender. I really like that he's – I think he's going to play the three in, in, in Portland, which is exciting because it's that's the position he should play. He shouldn't play the four. That's bad news, in my he's opinion. Just kidding. And, and he's he's best when he's playing a player that uh, is good on ball. Oh, well, his, okay. His skill is lateral quickness, not strength. You know, and that's that's yeah. the thing. Oh, so so the thing is that the so Melo's coming off the bench, and so like he has agreed to that, and so the starting lineup is going to be Dame, CJ, Covington, Derek Jones Jr. You know, whatever whoever's the three or four there is going to be matchup. It, yeah. And then Nurkic. Well, I, I, my thing uh, last year they didn't have Nurkic all year, and they had to deal with Hassan Whiteside and Zach Collins as their starters. And as we've discussed on this podcast, Hassan Whiteside is bad. Uh, they they also have the benefit of Carmelo finally like accepting a role and like going to the bench. And I think he's gonna be like he's gonna be willing to play less minutes than he ever he's has. He's still gonna put up fifty shots a game. They fixed all of their problems. They had problems at center defensively. Nurkic back. And if Nurk plays like he played in the bubble, like, forget about it. That dude looked amazing. Even though he was out of shape, he looked incredible. It's so good. And then they've got defenders on the wing, uh, which, like, they had uh, washed up Ariza and Carmelo Anthony before. They've, like, severely upgraded there. And and then, like, they fixed some of their depth. They still don't have, like, a backup creator. Um, staggering CJ and, and, and Dame will, like you know, supplant for that. Cause I don't think Anthony Simons has it, but Rodney hood and mellow coming off the bench and, and, and Ennis Cantor as like your three scorers off the bench is like super potent. And so they're, it's going to be hard to like fall behind uh, for their bench unit. They'll go so one like, for one, they'll go bucket for bucket, but yeah. Yeah. They won't stop anyone, but they'll be able to score. And so like, if Dame does score 35 and seven, and has an MVP season. Like there's no doubt. Like why wouldn't they be like the second best team in the West? I, I, I have faith. There are very few players that I trust as, as much in the final seconds of the game as I do Dame. It, oh, it's yeah. like it's like Dame, LeBron, and KD. Like those are it. You know, like even at this point, I don't know if I trust Steph right now. You know, like uh, <laughs> it's just this, he's so good. He's so good. Yeah, he, he literally like he, Dame Lillard could take the Knicks to the finals. Like for real. Like he could. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. Like the, the, at least in in like the last couple of years in the East. Totally totally yeah i'm glad we're all dame fans maybe they shouldn't be second last year they ended up being first in the west uh for us yeah we had them first i had them repeating until i saw them preseason a little bit and then now i'm tampering that a little bit it's because we did the draft in advance and troy and i were at a concert while we were drafting so we (laughs) (laughs) Um, all right but the the last seed in the west is your uh, Dylan, Los Angeles Lakers. So speaking of LA breaking news, Kyle Kuzma signs to a three-year, $40 million deal with the final year has a player option. That's not bad. That's not bad, actually. That's not bad. I think that Kyle... Okay, so Los Angeles Lakers are going to be the number one seed, and they're going to repeat in the Western Conference. Yeah, I, so I've watched so many... I've watched every Los Angeles Lakers game for the past year, at least, and maybe two years. And... Kyle Kuzma, I do not believe in any of his offense. 
I don't. But he has made some significant strides defensively that a lot of people have not seen. Most people, if you have not watched the Los Angeles Lakers consistently, or you don't watch like basketball for the defensive side, you don't, you have not seen this. But uh, Kyle Kuzma has actually played some pretty strong on ball defense. Um, and I think that he's going to be kind of like, I'm not going to say he's most improved because you have to be an offensive player to be most improved. And I don't think he's going to be any, like, there's no way he's going to be better than he was like his rookie no. year. Um, his shooting might be, but that's it. Exactly. He might be a little bit more effective, but, um, but his shot is still kind of jank. It's, it's very inconsistent and I don't trust it, but I could see him. I can see him becoming be a solid, solid defender for the Lakers this year. So uh, I think that's a great signing, honestly. No, I mean, I feel like, I feel like that signing is, is just makes him more viable trade bait. Oh, that's true too. It just makes, it makes his contract a little larger so you can get a more, a better player later on. I wouldn't mean, they've got, if we see Morris and Kuzma package for someone before March, you know, like I was going to add that KCP and Kuzma are both getting like 13. So that's 26 right there. You know what I mean? That's like, Mm -hmm. that gets you an all-star, but not until next year. Yes. But you know, they don't need an all-star this year, but you know, next year, LeBron, you know, another year older, they might, I think that Morris signing is the worst, the worst free, the, the worst off season move this year. I think Wait, the Clippers more or, signing. Clippers. Um, oh, that's yeah. The, the Clippers more signing. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, we're not talking about the Clippers anymore. Uh, we we didn't so give them any money. Uh, it was really bad. I I do I love all the off off season moves that the Lakers uh, made, and I don't care if all the nerds are saying Montrez Harrell uh, sucks or whatever. But like before the bubble, Montrez Harrell was a great player, and in the playoffs, like in 2019. He was great against the great Warriors team. He's great when the when the team's playing a small ball five. And I think he'll be just fine as a small ball five for the Lakers when he needs to be that. And I think that he will be able to play in most situations in the playoffs. I think he'll be better than Dwight Howard for the Lakers. And that's all he needs to be. He is obviously like way overpaid in comparison to Dwight Howard. But uh, and could they have gotten someone better with their mid-level exception? Probably. Um, maybe, I don't know, but they still did really great. And, and that Marcus all signing kind of brought everything together for me. I wasn't big on the Lakers until the Marcus all signing, but he has looked so good in the preseason, not doing big things, but just the fact that he's able to facilitate in the way that he does. is just so brilliant. He's so brilliant. And Taylor Horton Tucker is real. He's the real, he's the truth. I've watched. He is the real deal, dude. He's so good. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad he's emerged because that means Markeith Morris does not have to play at all. <laughs> he's got a seven foot two wingspan. Yeah, dude. That four, dude. Maybe seven foot one, but he's fucking big. He could yeah, play. I think crazy. here's the thing. I think the Lakers got way better. I like and and Montrez and Schroeder are gonna ensure that LeBron can rest as many games as he needs mm-hmm. because they're gonna be able to put buckets up. Like it's it's no question. I, Anthony Davis is pretty high on my MVP list this year just because I think That's that well, yeah. LeBron is gonna snooze a little bit this season. And uh, if if they're really good and AD is like the the dude. He yeah. could totally win MVP just because the narrative. It feels like the narrative could be there. What do you mm-hmm. feel? You feel like you disagree yeah, with that? I, there is no way that another player on a team that has LeBron can win Whoa. MVP, mm. and unless LeBron doesn't play this season, it's it the LeBron has like two decades worth of momentum, like 
just it doesn't matter how good the team is when he isn't playing because when he is playing they're gonna That's be better. Point. And That's I just don't I just don't see it. And That's a really MVP. good point. If anybody wins MVP on the Lakers, it's gonna it's be gonna LeBron. be LeBron. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a good. That'd be amazing. I LeBron needs that fifth MVP too. Like that's that's really what kind of he's not going to get it. He's, he's not, not going to get it. He the, has deserved it, but yeah, the mainstream media is conspiring against LeBron. No, because they're all Jordan stands. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, I think Derrick Rose just stole one, and that was the deal. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> That's that's sure. really what did it. And then voter fatigue. He should have won. Uh, you know, he should have been one of the the three the three Peters. But, you know, voter fatigue is such that. Yeah. You know, you can't yeah. do that. Probably so. the, the Rose one it was probably the one that Jordan won. But then the voter fatigue in the mid uh, 2010s was more like where Jordan was beaten by Carl Malone, you know, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, it's the same reason why, you know, like. Yeah, it's it's just across the board. It's like people want to want to vote someone new, you know. Like LeBron should should have won it every season that he played in the league. Let's be real. Yeah, he's been the best player. Let's be real. Yeah, he was yeah. the best player last year. I I would have voted for him if I had a, the vote last year over Giannis. I mean, I know the stats are are not that way, and I know all of those things. But I also knew when push comes to shove, if LeBron needed to win one game, he was going to beat Giannis no matter what. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I am. I'm with you though on AD. He's my third. He's he's not very high on my MVP list. I kind of have disqualified Giannis because of voter fatigue, but um, you just can't do it three times in a row. It's just, yeah, a- AD work. and Luca are right around the same spot for me. I have Dame and Jokic actually as my top two, just depending like on that. who one of them's going to have an outstanding season, and maybe one of them will at the expense of the other, just because of how the West is going to beat up on each other. So um, I have one of those two as my MVP, and AD is somewhere around in that next year. Okay. Oh, yeah. you got you got one more thing to say? No, I was just gonna say I think it's gonna be really hard for a, for a big to win MVP that yeah. is you know like a traditional big to win MVP in today's NBA. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's really hard. No, I'm if, with if you. It's gonna be anyone. It's probably Jokic, but it's gonna be real hard. Yeah, or Carl. <laughs> Fuck no. As much as I want uh, it. Dylan and I both today were like, oh, man, we can't wait until Rosas decides to trade Towns because he's going to get such a good package in return. So over Carl. I've, I'm just so over Carl. <laughs> I think he's fucking great, and I think he's better yeah. on defense than people give him credit for. I True. think he's just on a shit team. Yeah, I agree. I th- Yeah, the Wolves are bad. The Wolves are really bad. I just want to and- see him lead a good team just once. No, he can't yeah. lead, but second best player? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm with you there. I do love Carl and I am also a frustrated Wolves fan and I'm trying and to I'm not even positive. frustrated at Carl. I'm frustrated at everything else. <laughs> I know this this was the this was the 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 crux of my uh Ronde Hollis Jefferson argument today is that people getting mad at, at waving Ronde Hollis Jefferson isn't cuz Ronde Hollis Jefferson was good or was going to play for the Wolves. It's that the Wolves have been so bad for so long that like everything is an issue. Because this team sucks. There's no other team in the league that is thinking about competing for the playoffs that would be upset about waving Ronda Hollis Jefferson. That's not how the NBA works. Yeah. This is not. Yeah. Yeah. No, the Wolves know? aren't a playoff team. I have come to come to terms with that. 
but that doesn't mean that Rondé Hollis Jefferson wasn't going to get minutes on the Timberwolves. If he anyway, we got to end this podcast. We go, we, we, we've been going out for way too long. Uh, say, say your piece, Theo, say your piece. Well, I was going to, I was going to say that, that the only way the wolves are a playoff team is if D'Lo gets hurt. <laughs> Whoa. And, and then you have Ricky playing full-time point guard. That's what I was saying. Then we might make the point guard. I was saying during that last preseason game, because D'Lo was out, Ricky's going to start this game and then he's going to play well and we're going to win this game. And then everyone on Wolves Twitter is going to say that Ricky needs to start. But I I, I could see that. I am shocked. I mean, I'm shocked. I'm a D'Lo believer, personally. I think he's, I, I, I think D'Lo's really fun. I don't know if he's going to win you any games, though. Yeah, I I'm a converted D'Lo believer. I D-Lo, remember when he blocked like Jimmy Butler to me. What? Yeah, oh, when he blocked Jimmy Butler. I came. So, well, Theo, do you have anything to promote? You want people? Where can people follow you? Find you? I I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it. Um, I'd say if you You're like on wanna, Instagram a little bit, a little bit, yeah. Um, you know, just Google Theo Langison, you'll probably find me. Um, I'm a, a, a you know I work with a couple of different theater companies, and so like Red Eye Theater is a great space if you're into like um it contemporary performance which is sort of like arty arty stuff that's like maybe a little weird so if you're into that s- sort of stuff do you guys do right. zoom stuff now uh we a little bit yeah and and in the in the spring we will be doing a, a a festival that we normally do in person we'll be doing um online i don't know if it'll be zoom or another platform but so redeyetheater.org is a great space to find me yeah, yeah. i have a band camp um, I think it's uh, theolangison.bandcamp.com or bandcamp.theolangison.com. I don't know which one it is. All right. Thanks so much for listening, man. Woo, we made it through all that. Um, thanks again to Theo for coming on the pod. We'll play some music uh, by him to end this pod. It's a uh, marathon. Um, and don't forget to follow us on the socials at CND Pod on Instagram and Twitter. Send us an email, coasttocoastnbapod at gmail.com. And uh, shouts to Sam Knight, shouts to Rudy St. Clair, uh, shouts to uh, Rusty Buckets, shout to uh, Tim Komatsu, yeah, yeah, Charlie Parashugoko, um, shouts to, those are all of our fans, uh, and Rusty's not even one of our fans, but we're shouting him out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, thanks, don't forget to subscribe, review, rate, leave, you know, do all the stuff, the podcast stuff, you know what to do, do it, it's important. Thank you so much. I love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you, Theo. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yep. I will see you on Zoom on uh, Thursday.
about me There's a girl Time for playing games. She has been known by three good names. She's a curtain call, the loaded gun. She'll run you over just for fun. And I wonder, does she wonder about me? Ghost. Mm-hmm. 